0: Welcome to the Bless Our Mess podcast, dedicated to strengthening marriages, families, and mental health. Taylor is a licensed therapist that brings his life's work and experiences to these crucial conversations. Life has its way of getting messy, so remember to join us, and together we can bless our mess. Welcome back to another Therapy Thursday. Um, Just wanted to do some follow-up, right? We've been talking a lot recently on the show as far as, you know, the ability to manage and maintain conflict within the marriage, you know, how to communicate more effectively so we feel sufficiently heard and understood. And so our partner feels heard and and understood. But, you know, something that kind of gets in the way of that is what's called um, becoming emotionally flooded. So, I just kind of wanted to spend today talking about um some simple methods to self soothe emotionally regulate so we can reduce stress, right because when our emotions are high, our logics tend to go out the door, right, and that's when couples start to fight uh, more brutally, you know with their words they're a little more harsh um, so I wanted to, again, just kind of jump into some of these things that research has shown to be effective in, in calming ourselves, therefore reducing our stress, making it so much easier for us uh, to stay engaged in these conflict conversations, right? Because conflict is inevitable. It's going to happen, right? So let's become masters of conflict within our marriage. That way we can start creating solutions, right? When, when these conflicts arise. So, you know, according to the research, um, one predictor of relationship quality and stability is the couple's physiological state when they are discussing a conflict, right? So, what's going on with them physiologically? And so, the studies, um, they really tracked and monitored heart rate, cortisol levels, um tension for both partners right and, and and during conflict what they found was you know all of these physiological factors were through the roof right and that ultimately will create a feeling of being overwhelmed or experiencing what we feel like is unmanageable stress we'll feel trapped we might def- might start feeling um, anxious, and if it occurs enough times, we might then dive into some depression, just because it becomes such a chronic issue. So, and and also, obviously, you know, all of the research for years has shown when we have high levels of stress, right, and high levels of cortisol, that our it it drastically affects our immune system, and so. Couples with this chronic relationship stress, they are sick more often. You know, um, which was a a key finding of this research is they found that those couples, yeah, they they experience sickness more often than than couples who could um, self soothe, emotionally regulate, calm down, de stress. So. When we're taking a look at stress, uh, our bodies really just kind of have this general alarm mechanism right it's used to mobilize our body so we can um, effectively cope with or deal with um, any perceived threat or emergency you know that that we might become injured by, whether that's emotionally or physically. So uh, this general alarm uh, mechanism is called diffuse physiological arousal, w- or DPA for short. And this happens s- almost instantaneously. DPA happens so quick in situations that we feel emotionally or physically threatened. Um, this is better known as the flight or fight response right those patterns will kick in and when it kicks in when dpa kicks in our we become like acutely focused on what we're experiencing right it's almost like a tunnel vision right and and tunnel hearing right our heart rate will surge our adrenaline will get going blood pressure rises cortisol goes up and the blood flow to our internal organs actually slows down right because it's sending all of the blood flow to the external extremities to either retreat run right that flight or to prepare to fight so why is this important to to understand you know the dpa well the physiological changes make it so much harder to problem solve right because our emotions are high. We're ready to fight or flight. So the DPA, you know, it really kind of blocks blocks out any incoming input, right? It, it allows us to hear and see signals of danger. And that's about it, right? We want to protect ourselves. We want to keep our, ourselves safe. So when our DPA is high, this is when you will find couples will become, um, more likely to verbally attack each other, to become defensive, to criticize, you know, to demean or belittle their spouse. Right. So if you're in your relationship and you see these things going on, that, that needs to be a, a red flag and an understanding of like, Whoa, okay. Emotionally flooded. Right. Um, because, you know, when the DPA is high, it makes empathy and kind of this creative solution focused thinking, like it just is out the window. And along with that goes our positive communication skills, you know? So, you know, the pattern of this physiological flooding, uh, you know, and often one spouse brings up an issue something that's been bothering them, something they want to discuss, they want to resolve that they feel is creating emotional distance in the marriage. So when they bring it up, the other partner either doesn't want to talk about it or doesn't think it's really a problem or if the issue is raised in like a negative way, um, the receiving spouse, the one that's supposed to be receiving these comments, they will either leave, right? They'll try to leave the conversation or they wind up um, escalating the conflict. But both of those, really those patterns reject all input from the speaker, right? So if the speaker isn't feeling heard and understood and the other spouse is defensive, right? It's shutting out, rejecting all of that input, which makes it near impossible to create solution to whatever that issue was, right? And that'll go, the interaction will go back and forth and become progressively worse and lead to one or both of them becoming that, you know, emotionally flooded. So when we flood it, you know, it feels like the complaints that our spouse is bringing up just come out of nowhere, right? Like, whoa, where's this coming from? Right. And I'll hear that a lot in this private practice when I work with couples is one spouse will bring up something. And I'm like, what the heck? Right. Where's this coming from? I didn't even think this was a problem. I didn't even know this was on your radar. Right. And so that negativity becomes extremely upsetting and disorienting to the other, to the partner that is supposed to be receiving the information. And so it starts to feel like there's this list of impossible, impractical or unreasonable demands that are are being placed on one spouse or the marriage and right, we feel like, oh, I can't do that. I can never live up to your expectation. I could never do anything right. You know, and so, obviously, if they're feeling attacked, they're going to become defensive and fight back sometimes or again, run away. So, when we're in this state, it makes it so difficult for us to listen and to address healthy conflict, you know, and create resolution and, you know, create a physically and emotionally um, um, stable state, right? It makes it so difficult. So when we're taking a look at this, a, Relaxed physiological state is crucial for any relationship to create solutions to their issues. So when we're discussing conflict, heart rate needs to be well below 100 beats per minute, right? And you're going, well, Taylor, I don't wear a heart monitor, but if you recognize your heart rate increases, that that's a a warning sign, right? That you're about to become emotionally flooded or you already are. you know. And once we recognize it, then we can start to do something about it. So, and the research shows that once that heart rate reaches above 100 beats per minute, that's when we're more likely to experience that emotional flooding. So, we obviously want to try to keep it below that so we can be relaxed less, relax less stress that way we can stay engaged in a healthy conflict conversation so restoring calm to ourselves right and to help our partner our spouse you know restore that calm that is what's going to really make the relationship a safe place right like a i know despite that this is an issue that i'm going to bring up i know it's going to be okay to bring it up right it's going to be safe to bring this up because i know we'll reach solutions yeah and which is so crucial because instead of it um you know being a source of stress kind of going back to um the earlier right stress in a relationship it becomes divisive emotionally cut off we're, we're more likely to become sick physically right so When we're emotionally flooded, that will lead us to reject incoming information, but being soothed allows us to start accepting information. So ideally, the the research shows that physiological soothing should be associated with the presence and the voice of your partner, right? Right so the reverses of this need to escape you know feeling that that we that we get that's obviously the result of the flooding so in order to accomplish this there's some of these um recommendations that I'll go over that'll help you personally self soothe and to help your partner soothe so there's going to be five elements to like taking a break, right? So taking a break is going to be crucial when we're emotionally flooded, but there's five things you can do when you're taking a break. So once we recognize that we're flooded or our partner is flooded, we need to separate in order to calm down. We need to create some distance so we can give ourselves the opportunity to self-soothe and relax Too many times when one partner isn't very emotionally flooded, you know, and one partner is, they get stuck in this pursuer distancer loop, meaning one spouse continues to pursue the other and the other one doesn't want to be pursued. So they distance even further, which only reinforces this desire to pursue them further, right? And so it's just this escalating loop of I'm going to pursue you. And I'm going to distance, right? And it'll just go round and round until some really unhealthy things will happen, right? So we definitely want to create some space. We want to disrupt that pursuer distancer loop. And we do that through taking a break. Now, remember, that's if we recognize we or our spouse is emotionally flooded, right? If we are emotionally flooded, then we need to separate. So, some some key things to remember is in order for this break to be effective, it has to be at least twenty minutes long. Why? Because the studies right that measured all of this, um, when we are emotionally flooded, norepinephrine is the main sympathetic neurotransmitter, right? And that right that that feeds our fight or flight mechanism and that doesn't really have a, a protein enzyme to degrade it so it has to be diffused through the blood and this can take 20 minutes or more right just in that relaxed state for our norepinephrine that sympathetic neurotransmitter to break down right so we can self-soothe again so 20 minutes the next thing is it cannot when when we're in this break it cannot involve distress maintaining right and that would be like having thoughts of i don't have to take this i could do so much better than this um or wow there's such a there's such a cuss right there's such a cuss word um they always do this to me um this is right and you're just basically maintaining even though you're not even in the same room right you're just maintaining this um emotionally f- physiologically flooded state with these these thoughts right so it cannot involve those distress maintaining thoughts and it needs to involve some truly relaxing uh, relaxing activities you know listening to calming music taking a walk around the block um One couple, he um, purchased a a punching bag and would go out into the garage and, you know, and release some of that tension that way. So we need to establish that dynamic in our relationships, the ability to take a break, right? And that way we can return to it. And that's going to be the key to all of this, right? And when we separate To calm down before we separate, it is essential for each person to agree on a time that we're going to come back together, right? To discuss the problem. Because a lot of couples will reach this emotionally flooded state and they will separate and then they never revisit the conflict or the issue. They just calm down and then they start to pretend like nothing ever happened, right? And they come back together and Okay, I'm calm. You're calm. All right. You know, and we just, there's this awkward stage where we're not really saying anything to each other until all of our emotions die down. And then we're just kind of back to being in our relationship. The problem is the issue goes unresolved. Therefore, small levels of resentment and anger start to grow. And then that gets reinforced over time until eventually the relationship gets so damaged that either one or both partners feel like it's irreparable. And then they start really considering, you know, divorce. I don't want that. I want everybody to have a really super successful, happy marriage, right? So before you separate to calm down, agree upon a time that you're going to come back. It has to be at least 20 minutes though, right? So when you're in your break, and again, the purpose of the break is to be deliberate in self soothing, calming ourselves, right? Restoring the calm so we can de- decrease stress and return to our conversation. So, the first thing that you can do and need to do is get control of your breathing. When we are emotionally flooded, most people either hold their breath or their breath is shallow and rapid. You know, so what you need to do is sit down, lie down, get yourself comfortable, and start to alter your breathing, taking deep breaths. um, And if you're looking for ways on that, you could Google box breathing, right? And that's where you're counting your inhale, holding, counting your exhale, holding, right? And you do that. That'll help you break out of the I'm holding my breath or. I'm in this really rapid, shallow breathing. So the second thing to do is to find the areas in your body where, there, where there's some significant um, muscle tension. Usually when we get angry, right, we start to tense up because we're preparing to either flee for our lives, right, flight for our lives, or defend ourselves and fight, right? And so, we, our muscles start to tense as we prepare to do either of those things. So, what to do in these situations is what's called progressive muscle relaxation techniques, right? So, this is where you'll tense each group, muscle group, starting at your feet, and heading all the way up to your neck and head and then all the way back down, right? So what you'll do is um, tense up that muscle group for 10 seconds or longer. I don't know, however long you feel, right? Tense it and hold it and then relax it, right? Start with the legs, move up your arms, backs, shoulders, necks, face, you know, um, and really just kind of let that tension flow. So we hold it and then we release it. So when we hold and release, there's two things that we need to really kind of focus on with that. The first is focusing on the tension flowing out of the muscle group, right? We need to feel the heaviness that comes with it. You know, when you become really relaxed, it's almost like your body gets heavy, right? Because we're going a little more limp, (laughs) you know, we're, we're getting in a restful state at that point. Right? So, We want to feel the heaviness of that, right? Start to leave. But because we're, um, you know, creating tension and then relaxation, we also need to focus on and feel the warmth that comes with it, you know? And anybody that's done any type of working out, right? When you tense a muscle repeatedly over time, a lot of blood flow goes to the muscle and that muscle becomes warm right? We want to focus on that warmth as well. And then the final thing to do is to really focus your attention on a calming vision or idea, you know, and I think of this, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty big Adam Sandler fan, right? And when I was reading over these, um, research studies and you know this was one of the ways to calm down was find that vision, right? Or idea. I couldn't help but think of Happy Gilmore. Um where it's toward the end end of the movie, right? Um and his mentor and coach, Chubb Peterson, right, previously taught him to go to your happy place. Right. And so toward the end of the movie, Happy's about to lose this tournament and he remembers what Chubb said oh, find my happy place, right? So he really starts to vividly imagine his happy place. Um, And then at the end of it, when he's done, he felt so much more calm, relaxed, focused, and obviously ends up winning the tournament. So try to do that for yourself, right? Imagine a extremely comforting place. Um, it's maybe something from your childhood or maybe you just absolutely love the forest or the beach or the ocean, right? Like whatever it is, you got to focus all of your attention on that comforting place, okay? Imagine it as vividly as possible. All the while doing that by calming your breath, getting control of your breathing, that muscle tension, right? Progressive muscle relaxation techniques. So, just, I guess, remember these key elements, right? Breathe deeply, evenly from the belly, not from the chest, right? And if you watch somebody that's sleeping, it's their belly that is rising and falling, not their chest, right? When we're breathing with our chest, that that initiates that fight or flight, right? We're ready to, to be active. So we want to do things that mimic our most calm state. So breathe evenly from the belly. Do the progressive rela- re- relaxation techniques. Feel the heaviness of the muscle. Feel the warmth of the muscle. And then imagine that visual soothing image. So when you do this, it really, really starts to create a new dynamic in. The relationship, one that is focused on right, we are going to be a team, you know, addressing the conflict rather than you're the conflict, you know. Um, so when when we introduce this dynamic, and at first it's going to seem unnatural, and that's fine, right? Just like with anything, when you first do anything, you're probably going to suck, but as you practice it over time, you can become very proficient, highly skilled in that thing. So introduce this dynamic into your relationship. Identify emotionally flooded when you or your spouse are emotionally flooded, right? Create that distance so we can break up that pursuer distance or loop and engage in those relaxing um, techniques. And at the end of it, what you'll find, right, is when you come back, and remember, that's the crucial step, you have to come back, you're going to be more calm, you'll be more level headed, and you'll be able to discuss further in a much calmer manner the issue. And through those conversations, each person will feel more comfortable explaining their frustration, their feelings, their thoughts, right, and the other is going to be receptive to it. And that'll go back and forth. And through that conversation, solutions naturally start to rise as that conversation goes further down the path. So, and that is something I want for everyone, right? Because when we have healthy, happy marriages, our children get to grow up in a in, in an environment where there is a healthy marriage, right? And they get to witness for themselves, oh, this is what healthy relationships do, right? That way, they'll be more likely to do it in their relationships, right? And so this doesn't just affect the marriage, right? It affects the whole family system. And it's also applicable to if you're getting in a fight with your child, right? You can do these same things because at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is create solutions, right? So hopefully this has helped out. I appreciate everything you as the audience are doing, right? The show continues to grow and that's because of you I cannot thank you enough. Thank you for joining us on the Bless Our Mess podcast. We hope this episode has added value in your life and the lives of your loved ones. Don't miss out on future episodes by subscribing, following, and reviewing the show. Remember, when life gets messy, to join us and together we can bless our mess.